Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Raphael. Hey, Rafti, great to have you back. Um, we're going to do some current events this week. I got to ask you, I'm, I'm going to give you a quiz. Usually I give Matt a quiz about international things because Americans know nothing. Now I'm going to give you a quiz about Americana. If I, oh, was, if I was to ask you which U.S. state was the most concerned with personal privacy and had the strongest privacy protection laws, which one would you pick? California. Outstanding gold star, A plus, 100%. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. They have the longest, most rigorous, uh, strictest privacy law in the United States. It's basically like a little EU. It's it's the GDPR changed to, say, California in a couple places. That's why I found this news segment to be of very high interest. Um, in the last week of June, the state of California's Department of Justice, they have their own Department of Justice, created a website to share with the public information about firearms within that state. Now, I will say one of the admirable things about California is that they've had a very big push over the last decade to make as much of their government data transparent to the public for all sorts of purposes. Um, uh, the city of San Francisco famously put all of their data online and allow people to uh, create apps and interact with the data. And, and they found some good uh, third-party utilities that way. <laughs> but... The Department of Justice in California put this gun data online and forgot to sanitize it. Okay. And they released 10 years worth of state data about California citizens who own firearms and have applied for or been denied a concealed carry permit. As a European citizen, I know you don't have any guns, and, and guns are like kryptonite for you, but can you imagine any negative impact to California citizens to having their names released uh, along mm. with their home addresses and their status as gun owners? Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of the things, but I'm just immediately thinking as an like employee, my employer may be get figuring out that i'm a gun owner like that one of like this is where my mind is immediately going to is it a concealed carry i think this means that you are allowed to carry it like in public underneath something so you could theoretically go to your workplace with a gun so theoretically most of the laws in most of the states that do allow concealed carry say that private entities can make a policy for their property and say no guns permitted uh, at this location. Um, and, and that does happen. Uh, a lot of banks do that for obvious sure. reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, and there are certain exceptions, and it varies widely from state to state. Um, but yes, you, you would have to respect, even if you had a concealed carry permit, it's not a permission slip to violate the property owner's rules. The property owner is in charge. Yeah. And I understand, but like if then for instance, I already have like suspicions about one of my 
like coworkers or something and I look him up and then I'm like, okay, well, this suspiciously looks like a gun that you're bringing with you that one day and stuff. And I looked up, you have one and you have a concealed carry permit, you know, like this just like, it screams like, um, like, yeah, all sorts <laughs> bad, of bad workplace conversation. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely a hostile workplace. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Not uh, sure what you're saying about home addresses. I mean, I don't like this either, but like somebody, like, I, I don't know if knowing that somebody has a gun at home would bring me to the point where I'm like, well, I'm going to visit him more or less. I'm not sure where, which direction you're going for there. In 2020, according to the same Department of Justice, California Department of Justice data, over 140,000 burglaries occurred in homes that had firearms, mainly because criminals specifically want to go get firearms that aren't linked to the criminal. I see. It okay, makes you well, a this... target for crime. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. 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 It does it, it like if my gun has already been stolen like two years ago and now this information is out there that I used to like that I looked for a gun and bought a gun like five years ago. You think like now that this information is out there, I might be like a target to another burglary again, or is it in there as well? Like the, if the gun has, what been, I'm saying like... is what I'm trying to say is if the uh, home addresses of current gun owners are in that database. You've just given a shopping list to criminals. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds bad. Sounds bad. And, and it gets a little bit worse. It turns out that uh, I want to say, I think it was 140. It may have been 240, but I forget exactly the number. According to the report I read, uh, over 100 of those people who had concealed carry permits had the permit because they were a judge. Ooh, okay. Okay. Does it say in there that they're does, judges? Because California, oh, no. in California, you have to justify why you want to carry permit. Uh, California is not a state that allows just anyone to carry just by filling out an application. You have to give a justification. So a lot of people on their applications have put judge, corrections officer that means a security guard in a jail um mm -hmm. police officers reserve officers they're all listed in there oh crap yeah oh yeah i see that i, I mean i don't maybe as a european i just like um hear what what like and like i heard recently that california even though i think per head count their death rate by gunshots is not that high but still they have a gun like gun death problem as far as i know and this like sounds like a like almost like a hit list for some people exactly where they now have like addresses and everything and i don't know how hard they would be like um to get otherwise but i i must assume like that i think in austria we're even doing like some protection of teachers and stuff you know where the, their information is not public available to to parents and so on even though of course you see them grocery shopping and stuff but um i'm like a judges i don't know if i have if if i got convicted of something and like come out of jail now and be like oh no i'm gonna that's like, horrible. Visit yeah, him. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it does it, not even need to be like in a in a very like threatening way, but just like this. I don't as a church, I, I so not want this. They exactly. should all move now. How long <laughs> has this been? I um, heard now, that, that 
housing the, market in California is not good. So <laughs> average average price of a house in California is six hundred thousand dollars U.S. Okay. Average price. Okay. Um, and and it's only going up. It's 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 very painful. Now it's not quite European style yet, where you know. Uh, last time I was in Europe, small apartments in major cities were going for like 2 million euros. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I know. Uh, yeah. Around, yeah. around where I'm living, this is the place and you, and people are saying like millennials are all up in the air and like, Oh no, my housing affordability. I could not, um, uh, like afford the building I'm currently living in. I'm so thankful for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's bizarre and it's yeah it's tragic yeah. but um, so yes their their ability to move is somewhat limited and this was uh, records from um, if I remember correctly 2011 to 2021 so it's an entire decade of records it's thousands of concealed carry permit uh, holders or applicants and it may have been hundreds of thousands of just gun owners with the extent of the leak hasn't really been made clear from what I've been reading. And even though I haven't lived in California for several years, I'm probably in that database, not as a concealed carry uh, holder. I never, I don't like concealed carry myself. Um, but as uh, a gun owner, you have to register handguns in California if you have them. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably in there somewhere. Have you checked on have I been pwned? I have not. Um, that's uh, I may actually have to go uh, look myself up in there and, and see which guns are on that list. I probably don't have those guns anymore. I probably have different guns now, but uh, <laughs> still doesn't make me feel comfy. I just don't like the irony of the fact that the California law enforcement entity that is supposed to protect our privacy information, if in fact that is what the goal is, is the one who leaked the data. And you know what they said? Sorry. And you know what they've offered as compensation to the people whose personal information was leaked? Credit tracking and security services. Credit track. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. As, as if what I'm really going to be concerned about being associated with a gun database is, you know, uh, identity fraud that that's yeah. that's the thing they're offering mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean it's not nothing but i i so understand this is the reason why i'm like how how is the pricing of houses at the moment and especially of course for judges and for for all the policemen you were talking about earlier i'm like they yep. need to move or I, if move. i would if i would be one of them i'd like so much would want to move uh, one additional thing, like you, you said, they published it like for the last 10 years. And you also said they're very public about like new stuff. So has it been fixed now? And is it up like how, what is right, the update cycle? Right is new information the, right being before, edited? Right before I, uh, we started the episode recording, I went and checked mm -hmm. the website. It's down. It says, sorry, try again later. And there's a okay, picture of the gun on the website. It's really, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like they're completely tone deaf. It is hilarious. Uh, but... The, the attorney general for the state of California, who is ostensibly in charge of the Department of Justice, has said that they're investigating themselves because they mm -hmm. are the investigative body. Um, mm -hmm. And they'll come to some conclusion eventually. And they're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Very cool. Very cool. So, no, but, it's not. Like... No, that's not. 
if you were serious about this, you would call in an independent third party as an investigator. You'd either call in the feds or you'd call in a sheriff's office or you'd call in somebody who's not part of the California Department of Justice. Oh, Go to I, I, state. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In that regard, I so understand. You know, somebody is like telling themselves, well, we did a bad job, not the best idea. But I understand like from a perspective of them understanding there needs to be an investigation from them, not just trying to like uh, push it under the rug and being oh, right. like, okay, well, nothing happened here. And this was just an accident. Somebody like submitted Oops. the wrong file. Who knows? Yeah. Oops. But maybe Sorry. it's just like this. Yeah. But like, who knows? But be they would ha have had to have the, like the complete data set. And somebody, of course, at one point, maybe they already led, like at one point they did the cleaning of the data and they just honestly submitted the wrong one to, to the, to the database. Of course, like but errors that should end should yeah. be addressed by process controls. Yeah, absolutely. That shouldn't be a technical mistake that can happen. You and I yes. know that. You know, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, I hope someone loses a job, and I hope it's not somebody on a low level, some technician mm -hmm. that they blame it all on, and they throw him under the bus, you know? Yeah, the way how I just described it sounds like this scenario, though. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to say, and that's exactly what they're going to do. It ain't going to be the attorney general who steps down. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. But you had a more amusing current event that you wanted to discuss. You're sure that it's more amusing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a uh, – okay, let me just bring it. It's um, about like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Amazon announced that they're now allowing or like introducing a feature where you, for instance, can recreate the voice of an of a relative, and in their case, they were saying a, a dead relative, and use their voice to perform actions through Amazon Alexa. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. They sp that's where my mind went right away is being haunted by someone dead, but you're saying that they're actually marketing it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is, uh, and I think um, this is for it to be less creepy in that regard because, like, less just say, now, uh, mate, I, I like what else would you say? Like, would you actually market? Oh, just take this YouTube recording of this famous person, like, or like, I don't know, like Ben. I think we have enough audio information from you, and wouldn't you find it creepy if I would take your voice without asking you just? because I have this like uh, recording of right, you and right. then have um, Alexa tell me everything in your voice. I mean, would be interesting though. <laughs> All right. Now we've just been joined by Matt Snotty. Welcome back, Matt. Hey guys. Sorry. I'm late. That's okay. You had jury duty today. Uh, yes. We just did a news bit about judges. Go ahead. How did you get out of jury duty, Matt? Uh, the, the, the case that I was called for ended up having a plea deal. So they dismissed us. That's lame. They yeah. should have made you go sit on another, another trial. <laughs> right. You're already there. You've already yeah. got lunch, you know, you've already burnt the day. They paid for parking, right? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, didn't get to serve Kentucky justice today. Uh, well, maybe you can here on the show. Uh, we're talking about a new Alexa function that's being promoted by Amazon to allow Alexa to mimic another voice. Um, mm. And and as Raphael was saying, 
Um, it's being marketed as you can stay attached to your dead relative by having their voice come through your Alexa. Yeah, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, it was really creepy because and you may have already covered this, but it was like a, a, a grandmother's voice reading a, a dead grandmother's voice reading a bedtime story to a granddaughter or something like that. Yes, yeah, that's really exactly. To me, that's creepier than stealing a celebrity's voice. I mean, because I would yeah. love to have Alexa be Samuel Jackson saying, yeah, out of motherfucking eggs. You know, I mean, that that would be that would be much more important to me than a dead relative. The dead relative just seems like my house is haunted. And, you know, now I can never right. get my grandmother to stop nagging me about. <laughs> right. Eat your greens, Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, so, so now now Rafti brought up another good point, though, that we uh, as a podcast have now created a template. We've given sufficient amount of substrate material for Alexa mm. to parrot us if if someone right, wanted. Right. Yeah, if yeah, someone wanted yeah. either an Austrian Midwestern or Kentuckian accent coming out of their Alexa. Exactly. Right. And without that's, our consent, of course, in that regard. Without our consent. Yeah. Now, now, realistically, people can do that anyway already, can't they? I mean, mm. Matt, you're a big fan of MIDI soundboards and all that. Somebody mm. could just harvest our, our voice and make our voice be in a soundbar, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. If it was a pre-recorded word or phrase or something like that, yeah, of course. Uh, that's, that's called sampling, and that's been around for, for decades. And, and it but, was but, but we're music talking about for... True, yeah, it's been using music. It's been using all kinds of applications. But we're talking about true synthesis of words and phrases that have never been uttered by the person who uh, previously was or, or whose voice is being used as a template. So in other words, we could you know have a, Ben's voice say, Something that he would never say, something horrible or something completely funny because he's never been funny before in his life or something. That... <laughs> I would like some socialism, please. Um, there you go. So oh, now, that's, is... now that's available for us to now use. Now it's available for Sam. <laughs> Great. Uh, this sounds like some Mission Impossible shit, though. I mean, this, you know, this is like, uh, uh, how do they do that? How do they blend the word templates into the new words and construct new words. They, they pull phenomes. I mean, how are they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Syllables and, and yeah, word structures and stuff like that. So yeah, you can synthesize, you know, just by, by taking someone using the word, uh, you know, shut up, then you have the sh part. And then if you have them saying uh, it's a great day, then you have the it, and then you can have them saying shit when they've never said shit before in their life. Right. Yeah. But this is, in the promotion, this, did you listen to some of the stuff? Does it sound natural? like this? No, no, no. I, it, uh, of course, it's promotion material. But as far as I can tell, Matt, what you were just describing is stuff you could already do by sampling, of course, as well. There you just have to, um, of course, the cleaner the audio is, the better. But in regards to this, this is more um, akin to like what Deepfake is doing in regards to what like with faces and so on. So it's more like looking into the structure underneath it, looking at the sound profile of your voice um, and then adapting to it. So I think what they're more likely doing is like recreating like what they would do with with pictures or with with faces or stuff like that, where they're just like looking at the profile of, of the thing, like of your voice 
if you look at the sound wave, you can already see and um, like visualize already the differences in our voices. And with that, they can recreate this and recreate like not like in chops of different things it already heard, but truly recreate stuff like this as well. They just and, put and new words into that sound wave. And what they're doing is modulating the sound to match what your voice would sound like saying that thing. Exactly. So for instance, what they like, what would be cool or what I heard um, this technology could potentially do as well as um, like for stuff in Austria, we we hear um, actors not in their like original voices, um, but um, like with like German speakers um, uh, above the, the audio and when what they're like, Overdubbing, exactly. That's exactly that's the the thing, um, exactly. Um, and this is this like in for the German speaking market, this is huge enough and big enough that they are actually doing a fairly good job. But like with this technology, um, they could um, recreate the same like audio from the person in a different language and make this person speak in a different language with their. So voice. then you could have a truly universal appeal of a film or tv or whatever because they could be speaking in any language that the audience could understand and it would be more like uh better fitting to the to the voice of the actor which right. i can't tell you as some like this has been so weird um when i move to listening to stuff and like in english if i have it available um like some people their dub voice is so different like from a tone perspective as well like how from the pitch and so sometimes very like high screechy voices in reality the actor has a very deep voice and it's so weird it's so weird and it changes of course the character itself and stuff um, but I can also tell you, like, in that regard, maybe it's a little bit of a tangent, but my voice is, sounds different if I'm speaking English than if I'm speaking German. And I know this is typical, like, for people who are speaking multiple languages, you shift the, the pitch of your voice sometimes and you, you change the way you speak, your tempo and stuff. Um, and of course, this would not, like, it would, in this regard, sound um, eerie um, if you have the same person, like, dubbed via this technology into a different language because it would probably use the same audio material like in the original English version. Um, and if that person would speak German, I think their pitch might they be They might change the register otherwise in a natural approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and, and, I, and it's funny because in the U.S. we don't have this tradition. We just use whoever can dub in a language. They just We just use them to dub it. But I know that in some other countries, I think Germany is one of them. I know Spain is really big on this. I think Mexico is too. They find someone who has a natural voice that is extremely similar to the original actor. Because for some reason, that's a big deal. Like that, that part of the character is something they really want to mimic. Um, and I think, I think it was Spain where the guy who had been voicing Homer Simpson for 10 years in Spanish died mm -hmm. so even though he's not the original homer simpson dan castelnata right he's you know uh it, it, they had a hard time finding a new spanish speaker to match the spanish speaker who was dubbing the original homer simpson from english uh and that that was like a major cultural shift for them uh, but now you're saying amazon can fix the problem alexa can step in <laughs> 
<laughs> sure, of course, uh, she you, can. They can. You brought up you brought up the concept of deep fakes. What what is the deep fakes? It's that's something that's been said a lot over the past year. Some people mm-hmm. kind of panic about the topic. What is it? Yeah, it's just like it's a of course word combination of deep learning and just faking. Uh, so it's like using the technology of deep learnings, uh, which is like neural networks and stuff that people would call artificial intelligence, whole nother topic, and applying this technology to fake stuff. Yeah. Uh, typically, when you talk about deep fakes, you're talking about video. So this is how it, of course, got very, very public um, very soon, where they, I think in 2017 or 2018, made Obama say stuff that he never said. Uh, and of course, in situations like this you understand the gravity of it like if if you see a video of the president saying something that he never said you're like well i if the, i would saw this on youtube on tiktok uh, many people would not question it they they see him speak the the words they uh, they hear his voice and they just like would take it for a fact you know and so this is this those implications were very big in in media back then and it it's like started a whole thing and of course like pornography was a huge thing there as well where people okay, were like so now you're getting into my level of expertise uh, <laughs> okay well <laughs> the only familiarity i didn't know anything about the obama stuff what what did they have him saying just out of curiosity oh this has been as i said it's i think it was 2018 it's four okay, years okay. ago so, i have so no clue like i'm launching nukes it wasn't that kind of all right the, no the no but I'm this was of with... course stuff that was debated this was stuff that was and and of course like if this like if the russians would do something like this and then show it on their television as legitimizing stuff like that and this was this was the whole thing i like that I heard of it, but you were saying your expertise. I do not want to tread on your. The the only time I've seen this is when people try to take uh, um, your face. (laughs) When they take mass media, that is, that is non porn actresses and put them into porn videos, usually by layering the face and the voice, which often sounds like sampling from uh, non porn films into into porn clips i i again i haven't seen the obama stuff every time i see one of these things i appreciate how much effort went into making them and good for them but it always strikes an uncanny valley note even if i hadn't seen the title of the thing that says deep fake actress name i would recognize instantly this is not the actress doing this have we gotten to a level where deep fake video can be undiscernible from real video footage? Mm-hmm. It depends on the footage itself. As far like I heard of um, like attacks, uh, the ones I read about were uh, white hat attacks where they were like targeting uh, surveillance footage and replacing stuff in live video. And of course, this is more grainy to begin with, usually. So the quality is not as high. Surveillance camera stuff um, or like um, uh, just other, like where where it's live and where the quality is not that good and where like just like general fragments and stuff are usual. So in situations like these, um, which from a security perspective, having a video feed uh, i mean matt you're just like <laughs> like we're like called to jury duty if you would saw a video 
of of Ben walking into a bank you just heard was was being robbed and you saw the footage and you realized well this is this is this is Ben of Yo, course three. like <laughs> yeah no I'm not I don't know but like this of course like video footage is traditionally something that's very um like Persuasive. convincing yeah. yeah persuasive yeah. and and so even if it's bad quality in the in those situations if you know that the source is is like uh, the correct one and in those attacks as far as i can understand it's like interjecting into the video signal from the camera to the recording device um uh, live so this is an actual video signal that the person that has been shown walking in is actually walking in but just the face is not the the real face you know how can you interrupt that stream you you have to put an intermediary device between the camera and the recording implement sure or if it's a wireless camera as is more and more common especially in iot an episode we had like last week um you just have to sort of penetrate through the the firewall get into the network um stream and then just intercept it there so you I mean, block saying the just, you you block I, the natural incoming feed you process it with the deep fake then you present that to the to the storage medium True, and it has been done. This is not that far out there. Um, this has this is, as far as I understand from what I read, in a white hat scenario. So both parties knew what was going on, but doing uh, is um, can be done in a way that is fast enough that the person who is watching the recording is not seeing the switch and is not Holy seeing and shit. And because what processing power does that take? I don't think it's that much. Like graphics cards have been getting much, much better. And it's just algorithms running. Like this is this is a thing with, with a deep learning technology. I think it's like uh, you train the model uh, first and then the, the process itself is very like, especially when it comes to video, I think it's a very linear thing. And graphics cards, of course, has have been designed to do exactly that, video processing. I think it's, uh, but you still that... have to overlay the face, the new face over the existing real face or whatever. Are you talking about adding a subject to the video that no. wasn't there to begin with? I don't know. I'm saying overlay, but it, it, haven't you like, okay. TikTok, uh, no, not TikTok. Um, Snapchat, Snapchat. Haven't you seen those, those things that they already do like in like with your phone where you can do face swaps? Um, in Snapchat, like on your phone, and it's live as well. This looks uncanny. Yes, I agree I'm so much. You, it's just I'm going to tell you something, Rafti, that you may not believe. I have never snapped a chat in my life. <laughs> okay, well then. Now, now with, that said, you... with that said, I do remember the the viral meme about the lawyer who turned into a kitten. That oh, that see. I do remember, and that was that was. <laughs> That was actually, I was impressed by that technology. You know. Yeah. And this is life. Like, and it's, uh, of course, on Snapchat, it's not that, um, that the, the bar is not something that you want to actually fool like a jury or something. Um, but it's only your phone doing this and it's not a dedicated machine. And we're not talking about the capabilities of like necessarily penetrating like a network and the firewall and stuff and then interjecting a live stream, but it's like swapping faces live is not too hard and like laying on from a model of face onto another, uh, I guess it's not that hard either. It has been done like 
quite well in the past. And... All right, Matt, I need an American's <laughs> take on this. When Sorry. I was growing up, no, no, that, no, this is, this is awesome, but I, I need to, I need to clarify for myself. When I was growing up, there was an adage going around and there was a couple of varieties of that. One of them was, do you believe everything you see on television? And then the corollary to that was, don't believe everything you see on television. Does that resonate with you, or was that strictly a Midwestern thing? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that resonates uh, uh, completely. And, of course, that's grown over the years, so to don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Yes. And it's usually attributed to Abraham Lincoln. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right but but we do as as rafti pointed out and right uh, rightfully so video and audio are persuasive they they do they're convincing on a snake brain level because we we can relate to a video and audio stream more than we could a transcript or even some uh, letters on a page um matt is this how they did the moon landing <laughs> Don't ask me. I wasn't born then. <laughs> but but no, but 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 Rafti brings up an interesting point, which is that in the case that something like this is used to prosecute a legal case, how do you prove that something like this occurred? Because you can say, you know, to your blue in the face, no, that wasn't me, even though that's my face on the video. That, what, 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 from a forensic standpoint, would you be able to use to prove in a legal sense uh, or in any kind of a technical sense? No, that wasn't me. And one of the big uh, areas of exploration these days is getting into the forensics of these types of deep fakes to look for those telltale artifacts that indicate that this, this video was tampered with. Even if it was done live, it was processed at some point or something happened to it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. This is the one. That? If the recording media is taking the stream from the intercepted camera feed, how could you show that what was received by the medium wasn't the thing that was really being captured by the camera? Well, and and that gets into some really interesting areas of uh, image processing and video processing, way beyond the forensics that I do. Uh, I just do like file system forensics. But there are are forensics on uh, digital media photographs and videos and things like that, that can look for certain artifacts. In other words, they run certain processing algorithms through uh, an image or through a video feed, and they can see where the video has been adjusted by the uh, the editing software that inserted or changed whatever it was that was on it. But don't cameras do some artifact generation anyway in the nature of how they're capturing? So it's, it's hard yes. to discern that. Okay. All right. Right, right. Huh. So, yeah, it, it gets into some really weird mathematics, especially whenever you get into uh, taking into account, yeah, the, the natural compression that occurs and the natural graininess that occurs because of the storage of digital media and stuff like that. But, yeah, it, uh, it, it's a really interesting and fascinating way to try to reverse engineer and figure out, was this video a deep fake that was created or was this true to life in the way it actually occurred? Mm-hmm. All right. So Rafti's going to like this next bit. Here's the way I can see, I can, I can predict how people are going to defend themselves in a legal setting against deep fakes. Transparency. If I can prove I wasn't at the bank at that time because I have video and GPS locator and a validated third-party certified track of me over at the supermarket while the bank was being robbed, then I could use that to counter the same example. I think more information would be able to attenuate the effects of these deep fakes, not less information. And right, you're essentially establishing a digital alibi of some sort. But exactly. What if, the, what if the deep fake becomes the alibi? 
what, what if you're using the deepfake to, 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 to incorrectly or falsely prove that you were somewhere that you actually weren't? And then you go back and you adjust the GPS records of your phone. And I apologize for the background noise where I am. Uh, but, but yeah, at least all sorts of other legal conundrums. Well, yeah. I, and I would say I would say you leave that up to market forces. There'll be twelve apps in the App Store of Alibi Me, and the one with the most star ratings are the ones that have most proven to not be hacked and modified. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a market here. I'm just I'm just grinning because like Matt, before you have come on the show, um, we were just talking about addresses being released of like uh, people uh, owning guns, and apparently in this list, uh, judges and policemen were part of this list as well, like with their home address and their where they have been living. And and Ben was saying, well, this is a bad idea, but now he's saying, well, everybody should broadcast their position live. This is a good idea. I'm not sure if I would agree if with this, but judges, we already had this conversation. <laughs> if the judges could also know the location of former felons they had sentenced, then there would be parity. There wouldn't be an ambusher and a target. Everybody would have fair knowledge and fair warning. That's all I'm saying. More transparency, not less. <laughs> yeah, right. Going back to uh, if you want to, to know more about Ben's thoughts on this, by exposed. <laughs> oh, exactly. oh, I think this is a, I forgot. I totally forgot. I meant to do this when we were opening the show. We've added a buy me a coffee button to the website, uh, securitize.com. You can buy us a gallon of gas or uh, a liter of petrol if, if we're in Austria. Um, so, yeah, go and do that, too. Also buy the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and maybe another topic. We were just um, talking about, like, from an aspect of maybe, um, like, with the video fooling people who are seeing it. Um, but we were starting with the voice. And as far, like, of course, as I said, it's a marketing thing. So, of course, the voice sounds good. But potentially what I would say is, and we were talking already about, like, um, a video and a court case and so on. So this will be all after the fact, like video that could be used after the fact. Um, uh, videos that have been uploaded and you don't know about them. But like with with audio and with it being easier to use, um, like what I'm more concerned there as well is like people may be calling, um, for instance, like uh, a carrier Social or something. engineering. Exactly. And because yeah. they have my voice and it is like um, over the phone, the same thing as as soon as it gets grainier and the quality is worse, um, we just like don't care uh, about like small. We believe small... it more. We compensate exactly. for that with our ear. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so what oh. I'm like, but for instance, Hi, mom, like, I'm in jail. Can you send bail money? I'm calling from somebody else's phone. Oh, you're so right. Yes. Uh, or send yeah. so much Bitcoin to this address. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. right. Those those types of scams um, are so much that's, increased. That's fascinating. That is. Fa well, and, you know, I remember and this, this is not deep fake by any stretch, but I remember I want to say 20 years ago, the first instances of, of similar technology, they had Fred Astaire dancing with a fucking vacuum cleaner. Do you remember that one, Matt? Yep. Yeah, yeah uh, I remember they, that. It was a commercial. 
It was a commercial, yeah. And and they had Marilyn Monroe do a commercial and Humphrey Bogart do a commercial. They failed miserably. People hated it. Uh, I think because it was colorized, um, but but <laughs> but mainly because um, they were using dead celebrities to hawk these products. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can see an application for that. I can actually see that being a force multiplier where entertainers would actually like that capability so they don't have to go and show up and do a photo shoot in Japan selling whiskey. Instead, they can just say, take the old here's here's. Footage of me drinking whiskey, have me say whatever the hell you want me to say and do it in your language if you want. Um, but on the flip side, you, you're going to run into likeness rights issues and, and all sorts of things like that, too. Well, yeah, that's already been happening with uh, the, the estate of Tupac Shakur because they turned him into uh, a hologram and, and, and put yeah. on, he put on a concert at Coachella. Uh, huh. It was um, I, I, by Ben's face. I guess you never saw this, but it was really it's cool technology. But but yeah, uh, basically his estate's still able to make money on his likeness, putting on virtual shows. Don't tell Jimi Hendrix family because they keep releasing a new greatest hits album every other year. Uh, I don't know. That seem that seems it seems like it's kind of pillaging the dead, doesn't it? I mean, it seems more necrophilic than anything else. Yeah, but if the market's there and, and if you're the heir to the estate and you can still make money off of this person's likeness and, and music or content, media, whatever, why not? So what you're saying is we should all like uh, get into writing that we don't allow our likeness or voice to be used after our death. Is this what you're saying? Oh, that's interesting. If if you could make that if you could make that part of your your will. Interesting. That's very yeah, and, interesting. And, and back to that Fred Astaire commercial thing, I think that that, that triggered a series of uh, legal precedents where people started putting verbiage like that um, in their will. Oh, Matt, we're losing you. All right. Well, thank you for joining us from the mobile uh, uh, securitized Centrist Sounds of InfoSec uh, labs uh, out in Kentucky. Um, Rafti, next time what we have to do is we have to synthesize Matt's voice and have Alexa portray Matt on the show. Yeah, this is what I was thinking this was going in the, like, what would the end goal be for the info, uh, like, centrist sounds of InfoSec? Like, you just typing it up in the morning as you go and then, like, having Alexa do the show? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Or let Alexa write it. She's probably going to be better than I am at this, you know. (laughs) I'm sure she's. I don't know there. about that, <laughs> but the, but this this is of course so interesting where this all is going and and I think with the with the marketing thing and just like allowing somebody else to use it and uh, skip travel, skip all the hassle, skip the retakes. Um, I I so understand that this might be like something that others would be into, but I'm just not sure if I would be comfortable with this. We're old. Rafi, we're already dinosaurs. I'm sure the kids are going to be all up using their avatars and, and you know, teleporting themselves all over the world. And, you know, uh, I'm sure they're going to enjoy it. And, yeah, and being do it part from of their, the metaverse. Yes, exactly. Oh. From the comfort of their couch. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. That was a fascinating topic. I'm sure we've only scratched the surface and that we will revisit it on later episodes. Uh, anything you want to share with the audience of our three listeners uh, before we close out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry for the audio quality in the last like visit. It has. I hope it is better now. Uh, I talked to Ben and Matt and they said, well, apparently 
it has not sounded as bad on the on the live like chat but like in the recording when i listened back to it and of course it might be me just listening to myself but it has <laughs> been like listening to myself has been especially cringy with those episodes so i'm very sorry for everybody and i hope our it's audience better now. loves you rafty you can do no wrong you could do this from <laughs> recording inside a, a bird feeder and everybody would still be happy I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, that's, this is something I wanted to share and this is something I wanted to add. So. All right. Guys. With Rafti's apologies, uh, we're going to call it a day. Uh, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Raphael Fiedler. And this has been the sensuous sounds of InfoSec. <laughs>